0: Now Mario man, you ain't have to do a Marion like that, bro. <laughs> that nigga said it ain't no Mar it ain't a Marion without Mario in it. This nigga done told this man that um <laughs> you can't sing. This nigga said <laughs> This nigga was punking him all night. Bottom-o. <laughs> That's that bottomo in Mario. <laughs> that nigga. Nigga said, I'm from Inglewood. Nigga, he give a fuck about that shit. Yeah, man. It's crazy, but... Looks like Omarion couldn't do it for Lil' Satan, huh? Damn, man. Lil' Satan in heaven looking down sad. Omarion going out sad. <laughs> and Brandy, now you know damn well you was not supposed to pull your motherfucking phone out, bruh. Why would you film something like this? Brandy, are you that proud that your brother got to do verses, man? Come on, Brandy. I love you and Ray J, but nigga, you pulling out your phone like Ray J about to tear the goddamn house down. That nigga ain't even put a dent in the wall, let alone tear the goddamn house down. Man, I never thought that I could be able to say that I can sing better than a professional singer. But let's drop the shit, man. Let's drop the show.
1: To baby's born Yo,
0: sing come on To my baby's born To my baby's born To my baby's born To my baby's
1: born To my baby Team drinking is very bad Yo, I got a fake ID though a, no, 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 no. Yeah 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 You're Too slow, too slow here comes the two to the three to the four Everybody drunk out on the dance floor Baby girl ass go like she want more Like she a groupie and I ain't even no tour Maybe cause she heard that that rhyme hardcore Or maybe cause she heard that that vibe out the stores Bottom of the ninth and the nigga gotta score If not I gotta move on to the next four. Here comes the three to the two to the one Homeboy tripping
0: fuck is the deal i'm back once again i had to double up on this shit you know what i'm saying i had to bring it back you want to know why well guess what um you know i had to talk about that goddamn versus oh my god oh man too much lean But Here's the thing though right <laughs> Guess who's on that good Crack Guess who's on that good dope Now tell me something man Was you thinking the same thing that I was thinking Why This nigga Sammy Looked like he did a 3 to 9 Pleasure P That nigga lost weight but he got like three inches shorter than he already is. So that nigga went from like 5'5 five, five to 5'1. Five, Bobby Valentino, man. I mean, he still got a little bit left in that voice. But this nigga, Ray J, oh my God. This nigga could not do karaoke. <laughs> Yo, this nigga, there's no wonder why Ray J be using so much fucking auto-tune. Because <laughs> my goodness I could have sang one wish better than that guy <laughs> Oh my god Too many goddamn Lucys Too many goddamn Virginia Slims But uh, We also got the NBA draft grades Today I done look through everybody uh, What everybody done Now, I'm going to forewarn you that I'm only familiar with that first round. Now, I did take quick peeks at some of the other players. And I will be doing so while I do the grades, of course. I graded everybody. And I'm going to tell y'all what I think. But let's get to uh, Crackhead versus first. Let's score that. (laughs) Let's get to the Dope theme versus Let's get to the crack house versus. Because, man, it was a lot of shit talking out there from all sides. And then we'll do the main event, and then we'll do the grades, and then I'll get the fuck out of here. So, let's get to it. Now, round one was um, Kiss Me Through the Phone versus. uh, It was Sammy. Kiss me through the phone versus Bobby V. Blackberry molasses. Now, Kiss me through the phone was hot, but Blackberry molasses—that's a classic. Sammy was talking all that. They, they was talking all that shit. Nobody, nobody listened to all oh, this shit, shit, nigga. Y'all, y'all listen to that goddamn song. Stop lying. Without that song, y'all niggas don't exist. So I gotta go with Blackberry molasses. So it was a tag team, basically. It was Sammy and Pleasure P versus um, Ray J and Bobby V. See, I'm sounding like Ray J and Bobby V already. I literally just woke up, so (laughs) don't mind the voice. Round two, we had Pleasure P, Juicy versus, wait a minute, that's... Oh, man, that's actually a very tough one. Oh, man. (sighs) I'm going to have to go with Pleasure P on this one. So it's a tie ball game here. One to one. Now, round three, Sammy featuring Sean Paul. You should be my girl versus Bobby V and young jock b now this is actually a pretty decent matchup i'm not gonna hold you you remember when sammy tried to come back in in like 06 with that song <laughs> man but i gotta go with the homie bobby valentino man beep was crazy when it came out even though it's kind of corny in 2022 but um it was interest, interesting interesting Round four, we had Pleasure P Boyfriend number 2 versus New Boys and Ray J Tie Me Down. Now, this is actually another great matchup of songs, but I got to go with Boyfriend number 2 over Tie Me Down, despite Tie Me Down being a banger. And they brought out one of the New Boys to help Ray J because Ray J was all over the place, damn baby. I don't know what the fuck was going on with him. Now, round five, it was Sammy uh, Hardball versus Bobby V. Tell me you already know I got to go with Bobby V. Like Bobby V was dog walking Sammy. I ain't going to hold y'all when they went versus each other. Round six, we had uh, Jay Valentine featuring Chris Brown and Pleasure P beat it up versus Ray J One Wish. Now, I had to go with Ray J One Wish, barely, but Ray J was singing like a dying cat in the street. Now, round seven, we had Sammy come with me versus Bobby V pimping all over the world. I'm gonna have to go with Sammy on this one. That's actually Sammy's best song by far. But the crazy part is, Sammy don't look like Sammy anymore, man. This nigga need to uh, go back to the fade because these dreads right here, it's giving abusive husband vibes. I ain't gonna hold y'all niggas. <laughs> Round eight, we had Pleasure P um, on the hotline and Last Breath versus Bobby V, Turn the Page My Angel Never Leave You. Now, this is a very tough decision, but I'm going to have to go with Bobby V on this one. Even though on the hotline, it's better than uh, Turn the Page and My Angel, that Last Breath, unfortunately, is included. And my angel never leave you is a classic. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, then we got round nine. Pleasure P under versus Ray and uh Young Bird sexy can I? And I gotta go with Pleasure P under. Facts are the facts. Round 10, Sammy, I Like It versus Bobby V, Anonymous and Slow Down. I got to go with Bobby Valentino. Um, I Like It is a classic, but Slow Down is um, timeless. And Anonymous is an underrated song by Bobby Valentino. So it looked like Ray J. Ray J, the man with no voice that needed cough drops, lozenges, and tea. But um We realizing that The artists that had hits in the mid-2000s, they did not take care of their voices. Maybe they didn't rehearse that night. I know Ray J don't rehearse. Them niggas just came out, got drunk, and started singing. Just like my nigga Paul. Now let's get to the the main event. Let's stop playing, man. Let's get to the main event. If I can find the goddamn main event, okay, there it is. Man, we did all that waiting. First of all, dog, we waited two and a half hours for these niggas to come out, and then I realized that these guys were in California. So when those those drunk ass niggas, the Temptations reunion ass niggas, was out there, you know them four niggas, the Temptations uh, reunion. We know, we know, Ray J is Paul Williams. We know that uh that Sammy is uh the first nigga that was in the group, uh Al Bryant. Then we know that uh <laughs> that Sammy was David Ruffin. <laughs> and we knew that Pleasure P And we know that Pleasure P. <laughs> he's Dennis Edwards. <laughs> but let's get to the fucking Amarion and Mario versus. All right. Round one, we got. Touch versus just a friend. Now, I'm going to go with Amarion. I know y'all going to get mad at me, but um, I think touch was better than just a friend. That's just me personally. Round two, we got. A uh, Mario, Amarion. Uh, entourage versus Mario, come on. I got Amarion Entourage. Man, I don't know what Mario was thinking coming with these album cuts. Why Mario was coming out with mid packs. Now Mario was outperform he outperformed Omarion last night. But early on, I was a little bit worried for Mario. Now round three was Omarion. I'm trying to versus Mario and Nicki Minaj someone else. I have to go with Mario on this one. Mario's song sounded better than uh Amarion's, and I wasn't aware of either song. Round four, Amarion featuring Wale, um, M.I.A. versus Mario Mars. This was a very tough one, but I'm going to have to go with Mario on this one. Mario's song was just way better than M.I.A., Oh, actually, no, it was featuring Wale Mutual. I forgot they got more than one song together since they were both signed to a uh, main music group. But I'm still going with Mars. Now, um. Now, round five, I had Amarion MIA. That was another song that he did featuring Wale versus Mario Chick with the Braids. And I got to go with Amarion round six Amarion featuring Kid Ink in French Montana I'm Up versus Mario Music for Love (laughs) this was a complete wash I got to go with Mario of course Music for Love is probably a top three Mario song in my opinion 7. This was actually a tough round and a tough choice to make. But um, I had Drake featuring Amarion Bria's interlude versus Mario Braid My Hair. And I gotta go with Mario on this one. Braid My Hair. Even though that was a very tough one. Round 8. Amarion featuring T-Pain Can You Hear Me versus Mario nike's fresh out the box and i'm gonna have to go with mario again because this was on turning point that's one of the uh turning points a a, a classic album to me by mario so i gotta go with that Round nine, Amarion Speeding versus Mario Goes Like That. Um, I'm going to have to go with Speeding by Amarion on this one. Because Goes Like That wasn't necessarily a good song. Round ten. Now, Amarion started to cheat <laughs> this round. <laughs> so... We had Marion and Bow Wow girlfriend versus Mario Never and you gotta go with girlfriend. So now it's tied five to five. number 11 round 11 we had gots to be by uh Omarion versus mario What your name is and i gotta go with a on this one this nigga started to use his b2k card number round 12 summer walker featuring a screwing versus mario thinking about you now i don't know if y'all know But I really hated screwing On fucking Summer Walker's album That was the worst song On that fucking album In my opinion So I have to go with Mario on this round Despite Amarion taking the lead And the lead going back and forth Between these two Now round 13 Amarion featuring Jeremiah Show me versus Mario How could you? And you know I got to go with Mario, How Could You. However, this nigga bought out Jeremiah. Jeremiah wasn't sounding too great. And Amarion pulling the Jeremiah card. I don't even know what the fuck this song even is, in my opinion. Round 14, you had Amarion using another B2K song, Why I Love You, versus Mario skipping I mean I like Mario skipping more but you can't disregard how classic of a song why I love you is despite me not being a b2k fan in no way shape or form this is business never personal never personal for me so I gotta go with business make a business decision despite me liking skipping a hundred times more now round 15 here's where shit got real um, we had Amarion Icebox versus Mario crying out for me. Now, this is a hell of a matchup, but I gotta go with Marion on this one. Icebox is just a better song. Now, here's where the conflict might start, because I know how y'all women love fucking O. Round 16, we had O versus How Do I Breathe. I have to go with Mario on this one. I like How Do I Breathe more than I like O. That's just me. Round seventeen Amarion, that's not your song, dog. This nigga Amarion bought a dance team out and did the goddamn drop song with Timbaland and Magoo, but Mario sang his own fucking song in round 17, so by default, Mario gets the point, because that was stupid. Round 18, Amarion Distance versus Mario, I Choose You. Um... But anyway, (laughs) round 19, Amarion, Know You Better versus Mario, right in the wrong way. Now, um, I love Know You Better by Amarion, and you know, it got Pusha T and Fab on there. I mean, usually I would pick that, but... Mario's cover of right in the wrong way was just better. It was just that simple. Round 20, we had Amarion featuring Chris Brown and Janae Aiko, post to be, versus Mario featuring Gucci Mane and Sean Garrett breakup. And man, I gotta go with breakup. I didn't know there were 21 rounds in this shit either, but I digress. Um, Mario holds an 11 to 8 lead on, um, actually a, a a 12 to 8 lead. My bad. So there were 22 rounds in this. Okay, whatever. Number uh, 21, Bow Wow with or Let me hold you. Versus uh, Mario Let Me Love You. And I gotta go with Mario. And then we had um, B2K featuring Diddy Bump Bump Bump. Versus Mario and Chris Brown. Get back. I have to give this round to Amarion. But I have the winner being Mario 13 to 9. honestly Mario outdid a at Everything even Mario kept up with the dancers when he was dancing But Mario's just a better singer got a better discography just the overall better artist But Let's move on to the NBA draft grades now. Let's go team by team y'all you ready? Atlanta drafted A.J. Griffin at 16, the small forward from Duke. Um, Great three-point shooter, just getting his athletic bounce back. Uh, Atlanta actually got a steal because A.J. Griffin was really a top-ten pick and one of the better prospects coming out of the draft. But, however, drafting Tyrese Martin at 51, I think they have enough at that guard position. You know what I'm saying? In the second round, so I'm gonna give Atlanta a C plus because I felt like they should have drafted Tari Eason. In my opinion, he would have been a better fit. But seeing as they got uh, Jalen Johnson already, I understand where Atlanta's coming from. But I feel like Tari Eason would have added more of a defensive element to go alongside DeAndre Hunter. And those two guys could have made a formidable defensive duo. A.J. Griffin is not necessarily known for perimeter defense. So we'll see if he can make those improvements. And Atlanta could probably possibly po- prove my c grade wrong. Boston drafted J.D. Davidson at 53. Now, this guy got a lot of hype going into the draft from Auburn. He's still relatively young. I mean, you have Peyton Pritchard there who possibly could maybe be the starting point guard next year for them, but JD Davison is more like a true point guard. This was the point guard that Boston, I felt like needed. Um, but I give Boston a B for drafting JD Davidson in the second round. I mean, it was their only pick, and they did what they were supposed to do draft for a team need. And that was smart. The Brooklyn Nets get an F. If there was a lower grade than an F, I would give them a Z. Like, you're not going to draft anybody, you're not going to move up in the draft. After the uh, the disaster that you guys had in that first round, you're not going to at least go into the draft or at least try to trade one of the players for a second round pick or something? Yeah, I don't know, Sean Marks. You're losing my respect day by day. And now you're having issues trying to attain Kyrie Irving. So it's a deeper rooted issue. All right, let's move on to Charlotte. Charlotte drafted Mark Williams at number 15 and Bryce McGowans at 40. Bryce McGowans is a natural score. He's going to hit a lot of buckets, but here's the problem, though. You know, he is just like James Booknight. They're the same size, and they do kind of the same things. Charlotte has a very unsure future because you got Miles Bridges uh, on possibly on his way out the door, you've got um, what's his name? You got Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, my, uh, Mason Plumley, uh, and um, Gordon Hayward, and um, all these trade scenarios and Kelly Oubre Jr. Like the only thing that we know is the fact that. LaMelo Ball is the point guard and Mark Williams is the center. Now, everybody else's future, we just don't know right now. But as far as what they gained in the draft, they got a 2023 first round pick, three 2023 second round picks, a 2024 second round pick to go with that. So that would bring my grade from maybe possibly a C plus to a B. Because you got all these picks and you drafted the center that you've been desiring and needing to go alongside LaMelo Ball. I mean, I compared Mark Williams to Roy Hibbert, a prime Roy Hibbert. So we'll see what happens. Chicago drafted Daylon Terry at 18. He's a 3 and D guy. I understand that you got to fill out your bench. I get that. But the fact that Chicago passed on EJ Liddell was disappointing because you do need a big off the bench. Maybe they're confident in Tristan Thompson coming back next year. <sighs> but I have to give this pick a C. Because I feel like Dalen Terry was a late first rounder as well. And I feel like for his height, for his position, he's a little bit too small. Like a lot of the bigger small forwards are probably going to take him on the block and post him up. I give Dalen Terry a uh, a C. Cleveland um they drafted Oshe Akbaji at number 14, Khalifa Jop at number 39. Isaiah Mobley at number 49 and Luke Travers at 56. Now, Luke Travers is going to possibly be a draft and stash player. That's what it's looking like to me because there's really no information on this guy. So I definitely feel like he's not going to be on the roster this year. If he is, he'd probably be a summer league walk on and possibly might not even end up in Cleveland. Now, Isaiah Mobley is the brother of Evan Mobley. I, I had no idea that Evan Mobley had a brother trying to get to the league. That's crazy. And they're both like, and, and they're both like 6'9, six, 6'10. Six, well, Evan Mobley's seven feet tall. And Isaiah Mobley is 6'9, six, 6'10. Six, so we got another four here to go alongside uh, Evan Mobley. But we don't know if he's gonna make the team. Now Khalifa Jop. Overseas was a beast from what I hear from the streets. Um, He's a center, shot blocker, okay rebounder, could improve with that, needs to add some more weight to him, but he's fine. But O'Shea Akbaji is a great pickup, and you want to know why? Because I predicted that Cleveland would draft him at 14, perfectly. So for these picks, I'm going to have to give the Cleveland Cavaliers a B-minus. The Dallas Mavericks selected Jaden Hardy at 37. Dallas got a super steal because Jaden Hardy was turning that shit out in the G League. Dallas gets a guy that can be relied on to score and score only. But here's my issue with this. Now, yes, Dallas got a steal in Jaden Hardy. But however, Dallas has too many guards that score. I mean, are you gonna? uh, Are they gonna keep Spencer Dinwiddie? You got Tim Hardaway Jr., so you're gonna move him to small forward. Are you going? I mean, maybe Jaden Hardy was drafted for insurance for Jalen Brunson just in case he walks in free agency. But Dallas has the power to match any offer, though I believe. No, actually, you know what? I'm wrong. Uh, Jalen Brunson's unrestricted this year. My bad, y'all. But Jaden Hardy was definitely drafted for insurance because this dude plays like Gilbert Arenas. That's whose game that Jaden Hardy reminded me of. And I'm surprised he fell so far to number 37. He was a surefire first-round pick. A late first. But that was shocking to me. And in more shocking fashion, Denver. Denver drafted uh, shooting guard Christian Braun from Kansas, uh, Peyton, small forward Peyton Watson, and Ishmael Camagate, uh, overseas center. Um, yeah, but Denver ended up getting Christian Braun, who I feel like is an ultimate competitor. He's a three and D guy. He's got some sneaky athleticism and he talks a lot of shit and Denver got a guy who I felt like was a late first round pick, but he played for the national championship team in in Kansas. They also ended up getting Peyton Watson, who was a, a forward, not the best jump shooter in the world, but very athletic. Definitely has interior defense and could stay in front of people. They also drafted Ismail Kamagate from Paris. I know I'm probably butchering this man's name, but he's a 6'11 youngin' who was a shot blocker, who could rebound pretty good. Just got to work on that offense. Didn't get to see too much of him, but that's what I, from what I read. For this, I give Denver a B plus because Christian Braun is going to help. If just in case Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. don't recover from their injuries, Braun is gonna get he could start alongside Murray, Porter Jr., Joker, and Aaron Gordon. But we'll see. I give Denver a B plus. Now, Detroit. Detroit had the best draft to me. To me. I think we did everything that we possibly could to, um, you know, get good draft picks. Because Jaden, they drafted Jaden Ivey at number five, as I expected them to. Jaden Ivey is happy to be here. You know, a lot, you know, his family, you know, his mama played for the Shock. His grandfather played for the Detroit Lions. So it's like he's back home, even though he wasn't originally from here. But Ivy's got Detroit roots. And I was happy about this choice. Then they drafted Jalen Duran at 13, something that I didn't expect. I did want Duran initially until I saw uh, Jaden Ivy's uh, scouting report tape. And I was like, whoa. But for us to get him was fucking great. Now, um, we also acquired. Uh, now, Jalen Duran. My player comparison was a uh, Dwight Howard, and Jaden Ives was, of course, Ja Morant. We also drafted Gabrielle Procida at number thirty-six. He's a baller. I watched some tape of him. This dude is explosive. He's very athletic. He's a good shooter. Defense might need a little bit of work. But he's got the interior, you know. He'll block a shot or two. But this is another guy with competitive DNA that would—I mean, hope I hope he makes the team because Proceda is definitely got pro-ready game. Now we did unfortunately have to uh, acquire Kimball Walker in order for us to uh, get Jalen Duran because that was a part of that deal. We ended up trading our Milwaukee pick that we acquired in the Jeremy Grant trade for um, Jalen Duren and Kimba Walker. And we ended up acquiring a 2025 second round pick. Now, my thoughts about Kimba Walker being on the team, I feel like the Pistons should cut him. I'm going to just be completely honest because last year, Kimball Walker did have a few good games, but that's all it was, a few good games. Kimbrick Lamar is still Kimbrick Lamar, no matter what team you put him on. Now, he could go ahead and help a championship caliber team that needs a shooter, but I honestly think that he should shouldn't be in the league next year. But I would have gave, I had to change my grade. I initially had Detroit at an A+, but I'm going to give them an A because of Kimbrick Lamar, a.k.a. Kimba Walker. Brick don't kill my vibe, Brick don't kill my vibe. You know what I'm saying? I hope we don't keep Kimba Walker. I'm not going to lie to you. If we do, that's fine for our point guard depth, but we already got Killian Hayes. We already got Kate Cunningham. We already drafted Jaden Ivey. We already got Corey Joseph. It's no reason for us to keep Kimball Walker on our team. I don't even know if Dwayne Casey gonna give this nigga some minutes. You know, yeah, I should give him a chance to see where he's at with his game before I write him off. But I just got a bad feeling that he's got that potential to shoot us out of particular games. It's no disrespect. I mean, I'm just speaking on how I feel about it. But Detroit gets an a Now, Golden State ended up drafting Patrick Baldwin Jr. at number 28. I think he's a hell of a pickup for Golden State. This is a guy that's 6'11 that can do things that Klay Thompson can do. He's not the best ball handler. He's definitely clay if he's six eleven. My player comparison was Andrea Barniani. and, may, and it's some, it's some, uh, it's some uh, Danilo Gallinari in this kid's game as well. But Golden State got them a keeper on this one. They got them a backup power forward. Patrick Baldwin six eleven. You're going to need him to go along with Loon, to go along with, um, what's that boy named, Kaminga, Wiseman. Golden State got the potential to repeat next year. They also uh, drafted, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Rollins at 44. Ryan Rollins is a a 6'3 point guard. Who is a a scoring guard who can score from the mid-range. Not necessarily the best three-point shooter. I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to make the team. You know what I'm saying? This could be another Nico Mannion situation because when the Warriors got Nico Mannion from Arizona a couple of years back, I thought that nigga was going to be a stud for Golden State. I thought he was a perfect fit for what Golden State was trying to do. And then he ended up being in the G League. And I think he still plays for Golden State's G League team. But hopefully Ryan Rollins can make the team. So with that being in mind, I give the Golden State Warriors a B-. The Houston Rockets, man, they made some good draft picks. Houston's going to be a whole lot better next year. They ended up drafting Jabari Smith at number three, with whom I called a poor man's Kevin Durant. And he's got that potential. And then Houston, I mean, Jabari Smith was the obvious choice. I mean, they ain't got no uh, prominent forwards over there in Houston. So this is obvious. You know, you got Jalen Green, you got Kevin Porter Jr. You got Alperin Sengun. But they also drafted Tari Eason, who is a decent three-point shooter, not the best. But I did compare him to Kenyon Martin from an energy standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, and he's a uh, and he's a pretty good passer. He was a sixth man on LSU. But Tari Eason is the icing on the cake to this Houston lineup that they probably might have, which is. Porter Jr., Green, Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, and Alperin Sengun. Now, are they going to win many games? Probably not. But they'll be at least competitive and fun to watch. I can't wait to watch Rockets games next year. It's going to be fucking great to watch these kids play together. Um, I'm gonna give the Houston Rockets an A-minus. Now, Indiana. Now, talk about a team with no direction whatsoever. Now, yes, Indiana went with the best available, which is always good. You can never knock a motherfucker for going with what's the best for their team. However, I don't even think Indiana know what the fuck is going on or what the fuck they're going to even do. Because Malcolm Brogdon it's a possibility that he might leave. It's a possibility that Miles Turner might leave. It's a possibility that they might be trying to try trying to find trade suitors for Buddy Heal. Indiana is a ball of confusion. That's what they are. You no, know, you thought you had something with Sabonis, but the identity of the team is like confusion. But they did draft Benedict Matherin at six. He's a high-volume scorer. He can shoot from anywhere on the court. He's explosive. And he can play a little bit of defense. His defense does need improvement, but however, Indiana, in certain games, when they're getting blown out, Mathering could get them back in the game, but that's about all I could tell you for real. They also drafted Andrew Nimhard at number 31. I mean, honestly, it really don't matter. I mean he's 64, he came from Gonzaga. He's got pretty good outside. He's a very competitive player. From what the scouting report says, a very solid player. I mean, honestly, he will definitely make the team. I'll give I'll give you that because shit, what does Indiana got to lose? All right. Then they drafted Kendall Brown at number forty-eight. Kendall Brown is a is a forward who can play the three or the four, and he has a, a great leaping ability. He still needs to uh, be a better scorer. Because, yes, he's great with perimeter defense because of his athleticism, but the perimeter defense needs a little bit of work. And for this, I will give the Indiana Pacers a C. The Los Angeles Clippers drafted Musa Daya. Oh, man. Oh, these names are killing me, yo. Musa Diabite, it's spelled like diabetes, but come on, man. I'm not going to call this man Diabetes B. Diabite, I'm guessing, at 43. He's a center that came from Michigan. I vaguely remember him, but he's definitely a shot blocker and a rebounder. And the Clippers do need a backup center, so they definitely drafted for team needs with their only pick in the draft. I was surprised that they didn't try to move up and get someone else. But for that, I give them a B minus. The Los Angeles Lakers ended up taking shooting guard for Michigan State, Max Christie, at number 35. I'm gonna be honest, I don't think Max Christie was ready to come out of college quite yet. I think he needed a couple more years. To develop you know I understand that NBA and NBA money and all that but I'm pretty sure he might make the team due to the fact that the Lakers are gonna need everything that they can because of the luxury tax and cap space because the Lakers are still trying to acquire all-star teams knowing that they tried the same thing last year and failed miserably. So yes, Max Christie is a decent pickup. I'm not mad at it. But I'm going to give the Lake, the Los Angeles Fakers <laughs> a C+. Memphis Grizzlies drafted well, they traded for A lot of these guys, but that's what they got. Jake LaRavia, they drafted Jake LaRavia at number 19, which I thought Memphis was going to do anyway, but they ended up getting him earlier than expected because I thought Jake LaRavia was going to be a late first round. But Jake Laravia is the guy for the Memphis Grizzlies. They need a guy that can stretch the floor. This is another dude that reminds me of Danilo Gallinari and Andre Bagnani. They're both 6'10, 6'11 guys that can pull up for jumpers, contested jumpers. Laravia's just got to work on uh, interior defense. You know, I'm afraid that the bigger guys in this league are going to back him down into the paint. Which is why I think they should run him at small four. They also drafted David Roddy at number 23. A- another real talented motherfucker. He could play. He got some all-around game. It's scary hours if he makes that that Memphis team. They also drafted Kennedy Chandler at number 38. Kennedy Chandler, I thought he was going to go at the end of the first round. I had him as the number 30 overall pick, but he failed to the second round probably because he was undersized. He's like a traditional point guard. And um, if Memphis doesn't re-sign um, Tyus Jones, Kennedy Chandler will be that guy for them. And I think he is capable, more than capable enough, of running the Memphis offense. They also drafted Vince Williams Jr. at number 47 who is a forward from VCU. I mean, Vince Williams Jr. he's 6'6", he's another athletic player who could score. I mean, Memphis definitely got got them one. Like, his senior year, he improved his three-point shooting and will prove to be a solid backup. So, I don't know, man. I hope all these guys can make the team. I don't know about Vince Williams Jr. making the team. I think Kennedy, Roddy, and um, LaRavia, I think they they definitely going to make the team. In all of those mini trades that they did, they acquired Danny Green, which is a veteran player that's bounced around the league for years. I think he's a two-time NBA champion. He's got that championship pedigree and he's a 3 and D guy. Although his defense hasn't necessarily like been the same as it once was. It still doesn't take away from how crazy a pickup that is for Memphis. So all in all, I'm going to give Memphis a B. Um Now, Miami Let's talk about Miami real quick. The Miami Heat ended up drafting Nikola Jovich at number 27. Now, it would have been funny if they would have got Jokic and Jovich on the the Denver Nuggets. That would have been hilarious. But it didn't happen as Miami picked up jovich at number 27 this is another guy It's a lot of these danilo gallinari's in this draft and andrea barniani's now his defense has to improve uh on the interior he's got good perimeter defense from the footage that i've seen he could stay in front of people and he could score That's another guy that could come off and shoot those threes. And he could possibly be a replacement to Duncan Robinson. Not going to lie. He can play like a guard because, you know, he can pass really, really good. For a power four. So I'm going to give Miami a B-. minus. Milwaukee. Milwaukee drafted Marjan Beauchamp at number 24. Um, Marjan Beauchamp is a guy that is athletic, that is one of those, another one of those Gerald Green, Jamario Moon, Desmond Mason prototype small forwards. Now, what he needs to work on is his jump shot. His interior defense is there, it's just the perimeter defense needs a little bit more work. But that's all in all, a a solid pickup for them. Milwaukee also ended up drafting Guy Santos at number 55. I'm not too familiar with Guy Santos. But he's a 6'8 forward who's 185 pounds. Oh, man. This dude need to get in the gym because he might fuck around and get bullied depending on if he's playing the uh, two or or the three. And then at number 58, they they drafted Hugo Benson, who ended up being the last pick. That's another guy that was on Usman Jang's team. And he's a perimeter shooter and a confident shot maker. Hopefully, he can make the team. Minnesota. Well, actually, I give Milwaukee a C+. Plus. Minnesota Timberwolves drafted Walker Kessler at number 22. That was a huge pickup. Huge pickup for them. They don't have a backup center in, in Minnesota. And then you could possibly start Kessler and Carl anthony Towns together. That way, Carl anthony Towns isn't defending all these elite centers every night. And we got somebody that can help. Yeah, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. Yeah. So... Walker Kessler, major pickup. They also picked up Wendell Moore Jr. at number 26. Wendell Moore is a a decent small forward, man. He would definitely fit into Minnesota's rotation. What killed them in the playoffs last year is lack of bench play. And then drafting Ty Ty Washington at number 29, as promised, a late first-round pick. Ty Ty Washington Jr. got great point guard skills. He reminds me of Tyrese Maxey with a crazy mid-range jumper. He's a really good player. I got to give Minnesota a B for that. New Orleans. New Orleans cleaned up at the draft last night. Here's why. New Orleans drafted Dyson Daniels at number eight. He can come in and start at point guard. That's how confident I am in this pick. Even though I thought Daniels was going to go at 10, Dyson Daniels is still a good pickup. A lot of experts got this one right because they were lacking at point guard because CJ was pushing the point when he's really a two who could create shots for himself. They also drafted E.J. Liddell, who I feel like slipped way too far in the draft. E.J. Liddell is a big, that got a a, a unique skill set because he could score out the post. He reminds me, he reminded me of Maurice Spates. You remember from the Warriors? Like, that's whose game I compared him to. Like, he had, he could hit the occasional three. And E.J. Liddell got post moves, and not to mention, E.J. Liddell is a way better defensive player than Maurice Spates was. New Orleans got them a major steal at number 41. That's crazy that Liddell failed that far. They also drafted Carlo Matkovich at number 52. He is a 6'11", combo, power forward, in a center. So he has some major upside, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the G League or he went back to his country. Because it's kind of crowded at that forward center spot in New Orleans right now. Because you got Jonas, you got Jackson Hayes. But maybe he could figure out a way to crack the rotation. I don't know. But a lot of those late seconds end up in the G League or on another team. I hope I'm underestimating that kid. I really am. But New Orleans gets a B-plus for that. The New York Knicks. Now... John Morant and Desmond Bain Ended up getting into a shouting match About Trevor Keels Because Kendrick Perkins compared him To Desmond Bain And it was a little bit of uh, back and forth you can look it up yourself I don't have enough time to talk about what happened New York Traded their first round pick, who was supposed to be Jalen Durant, and they ended up trading Kimball Walker as well. Trevor Keels came from Duke. He's a strong guard who was a secondary ball handler and was a big X-factor on the Blue Devils during their final four runs. So I don't see why Desmond Bain is tripping. I think the Knicks got a pretty decent player. He could possibly be the starting point guard for the Knicks. Cause they for damn sure don't got one. From Kiel's resume, it looks like he was a, 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 a straight up steal. have to factor in that these guys got three 2023 first round picks in those trades that they did with Detroit and Charlotte. So just for that, I give the Knicks a B minus. So yeah, New York, I give them a B minus. Now let's move on to OKC. OKC had a very big day. Very big day. Okay see don't be surprised if they knocking on the play-in door and actually get through that motherfucker. Because if you think that they gave the Lakers problems last year, they definitely going to give them problems now. <laughs> First, they draft Chet Holmgren, which is an obvious choice if, pa- if Paolo Banchero has gone. You gotta go with him. You get arguably the best player in the draft at number two. You get Usman Jang. You trade up to get Usman Jang at number 11, which is huge. Because now you got a guy you could insert into the lineup who could probably play power forward or center yeah that was a big pickup then you you draft Jalen Williams at number 12. The Santa Clara Jalen Williams, matter of fact. <laughs> because they drafted another kid named Jalen Williams at number 34. I knew this was going to happen. Because there was two Jalen Williamses and then you got Nikola Jovich. And Nikola Jokic and shit. But Jalen Williams, who was drafted at number 12, as a high volume score. Has 3 and D player potential. Now, the Jalen Williams at number 34, I'm unfamiliar with. Let's see what position he plays. He comes from Arkansas. Oh, he's a center. Smart big man who has nice size, making strides as a jump shooter. But it's as better as a passer. Mm. So it looks like we got a backup and a starting center for OKC now. I truly believe that those three guys, I think they're going to make the, uh, the, the the team. They're definitely going to make the team. Now you got a lineup that has Josh Giddey, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, Usman Jang, and Chet Holmgren with Pokashevsky coming off the bench. Jay, both Jalen Williams is coming off the bench. You got Trey Mann still. OKC is looking like they're going to improve at least by 10 wins. So I give OKC an A-. Orlando, they drafted Paolo Banchero at number one. I mean, obviously, I already said that he was comparable to um, Chuck, Blake, and Bam. So, as I stated on the last episode yesterday, um, that Banchero can improve his jump shooting and his defense. Now you have a lineup of Anthony, Suggs, um, Wagner, Banchero and Wendell Carter Jr. So Orlando's got a lot of potential. I still think they're probably gonna go back to the lottery. They also drafted Caleb Houston from Michigan. Who is a 6'8 small forward who is a spot-up shooter. So, I mean, yes, you need players like this on your team to win games because there could be like a cold streak and somebody's going to need to shoot you out of that cold streak. And Caleb Houston is your man. You know, I got, I vaguely remember Caleb Houston as well. You know, being from Michigan and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You catch a couple of, uh, Michigan games, but anything can help Orlando at this point. Orlando's so bad that Ray J singing can help them at this point. So um, I'm going to give Orlando a B plus. Now Philadelphia traded their pick. But they ended up acquiring the Anthony Melton from the Memphis Grizzlies, who was big in a lot of those playoff games. And we already got a, a playoff battle-tested player who is a beast on both ends of the court, a three-and-D player who's way better than Shake Milton, than than Matisse Thybulle, and Danny Green. So for this, I gotta give Philly a B minus. Phoenix Suns get an F. You know why? Because they didn't draft anybody, nor did they even try to get into this draft, which is a very loaded draft full of players with with different skill sets. So I didn't understand why they were trying. They didn't get into the hunt, but whatever. Portland Trailblazers drafted Shaden Sharp at number seven. He is the international man of mystery. Kid from Canada that was supposed to go to Kentucky, with whom I compared to Gerald Green. He didn't have the handles that Gerald Green had, but he could score like Gerald Green. And he's known for his in-game dunking ability. I mean, Portland definitely needs something like that over there cuz they don't have it. Dame could get a lob threat. Anthony Simons could get a could get a lob threat. To go alongside Jeremy Grant. And then they ended up drafting Jabari Walker, who is Samaki Walker's son at number 57. Ain't no telling if he's going to make that team because Portland is, is looking to build their team Um, he, but Walker comes from Colorado he's the same height as his daddy too he's 6'9 and he led his conference in rebounding and was fourth in scoring in his conference so he's a double double machine so I guess this pick wasn't bad if Portland decides to keep him but, for that, I give Portland a C C+. Now, Sacramento. They ended up drafting, um, Jeremy, oh, oh, actually, Sacramento ended up drafting Keegan Murray at the number four pick. This is exactly what Sacramento needs to go into the front court with, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. It's the perfect match. Perfect chemistry. And all that shit. So their lineup would be Mitchell, Fox, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and DeMontis Sabonis. Now Sacramento has to sign a bunch of free agents. Especially re-sign the players who were on the team last year. But I don't see them necessarily making the playoffs, but they'll be better. They'll probably win five more games, especially under new head coach uh, Mike Brown. So for that, I give Sacramento an A-. minus. San Antonio drafted Jeremy Sohan at number nine. Um, Hey, man, I think that's good pickup for them you know you get a guy that can guard all five positions who is improving his jump shot who is very athletic in the open court an underrated ball handler slash distributor passer Jeremy Sohan is one of the most talented players in this draft and San Antonio picked him right where he was supposed to be picked is an incredibly, incredibly talented player. Now, Blake Wesley at 25, I'm not too sure. I'm not too high on Blake, Bla- Blake Wesley. He seems like kind of mid. From what I've seen of him, he looked like a second-round pick. But maybe Popovich sees something in him that the fans like me don't see. And that was kind of a, uh, I'm surprised that Popovich didn't go after a big man or a point guard or a shooting guard because there's a lot of questions. You know, they're trying to trade DeJounte Murray, which I'm still confused about. But for that, I'm going to give the San Antonio Spurs a B minus. Um, The Toronto Raptors selected Christian Coloco at number 33. From what I read about Coloco, this is an actual good fit for Toronto because they do need a center to go alongside uh, Pascal Siakam. And it seems like that's all they've been really looking for is a solid rim protector in Toronto. And Coloco's definitely their guy. And then to get him at number 33 with their only pick in the draft, I'm going to give them a B for that pick. Utah gets an F. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't have any picks. And with the confusing situation that's going on over there, we don't know what Utah's future is looking like. Now, maybe, you know, the teams that didn't draft anybody could scout some talent that's left over from the second round picks and the undrafted players. Like Sir Smith, who I'm surprised did not get drafted last night. Um, And last but not least, the Washington Wizards drafted Johnny Davis at number 10 and Yannick Nosa at number number 54 now Johnny Davis is a volume mid-range shooter not necessarily a good three-point shooter but he could score from anywhere on the court and defend the other team's best player he's definitely JJ Reddick with way better defense and no three-pointer but you can't deny this kid's game and his competitive nature Now, Yannick Nosa, I'm not necessarily familiar with him. So, he's supposed to be a center from the Congo. So, he's supposed to be just this big bruising center that's a shot blocker. He's seven feet tall and 221 pounds. He definitely needs some more uh, weight if he's going to go against the uh, Embiid's and Jokers of the world. But I don't necessarily see him making the team. That's just me. I don't see him making the the Washington Wizards roster. You know, already with KP and Daniel Gafford there, I don't see where he would fit. Then with the potential of them bringing back Kuzma, I think just that front court would be just too crowded to fit a guy like him in there. But all in all, that's my show. This is the versus and the NBA draft grades. Thank you for listening to King Known Uncensored,
1: and I'm going